floating up there, and it's like they're all candidates for some position. And, and now, but I don't want to have that kind of an environment where suddenly somebody yells out, you lie, or something like that. So let's not do that, okay? Right from the very beginning, I reassured them as I planned this event that you like weather. So you're not the type of people that are going to grumble about the weather and all that. And in a few minutes after we have a little award ceremony, I want to open it up to you with the lights on and have you ask some questions of what's it like in the day of the life of a weathercaster? How do they get to, uh, do, how do they do their severe weather coverage? Plus I want each team to introduce themselves and say a little bit about them. This is unique. I've never done this part before where we've had a meet and greet with the people in the auditorium but let's just see how it works. Secondly, as we end this session, there's a break. And during that break, it's lunchtime over in the big tent. It's heated, as I said before, it's amazing. I was afraid it wouldn't be warm, but it is. And in there, the weathercasters will hang out till 1.30 or so, where you have a chance to pick up their promotional brochures from their station and talk to them personally, one-on-one. -on -one. If you want, get your picture taken with them too. So thank you all for being here. And at this point, I'm gonna start somewhere on the stage. I would say right here, what do you think? Okay, hi, my name is Kevin Cosgren. I've been working here for 10 years. I'm currently Chief Meteorologist at KLKN right here in Lincoln. We've got Lincoln and Omaha represented very well here, which we're very happy about. And I think it's great that Ken is having, uh, Ken likes to bring everybody together. He's a facilitator, you know, he, he, he's really great for an event like this. And uh, sometimes in some cities, there's a lot of uh, maybe contention among uh, different stations, uh, people, maybe even start terrible rumors. I have a couple about Bill I'll talk about later, but um, we, we don't usually do that in public, which is good. Everybody, I think it's great that everybody can get together because we're, we're the, I think the, the biggest thing we do uh, uh, for broadcasting, the, probably the most important thing in weather is severe weather coverage. And uh, we, we work at Channel 8, Darby and I are here. Denise couldn't make it today, but we have a three-person team and Darby does weekends, and currently I'm doing the uh, evenings, Monday through Friday, and Denise does mornings. And we actually have a couple of openings coming up, so if you guys uh, want to hone those broadcast skills, I know you're, you could probably all do it. Anybody here could probably do three minutes of weather, right, in a row. Let's talk about temperatures and partly cloudy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, so submit your resumes. We're, we're accepting them right now, as a matter of fact. So uh, thank you to Ken for uh, this great event. And uh, thanks for watching Channel 8 and the other channels, too. Hi, my name is Bill Ranby. I work at Channel 7 uh, up in Omaha. Um, the people I have with me here today are Chuck McWilliams. He's our, our morning meteorologist. And Melissa Homan has been with the station about uh, seven months now. She is our, our uh, weekend meteorologist on the nighttime shows. Uh, she also reports. Uh, you'll see her covering a, a variety of things. And um, she is sort of a... I guess I would say maybe the, the new breed of, of meteorologist because she's tasked with having to do many different things, uh, including uh, storm chase, but send back a live video or send back pictures. And that's sort of the direction that I think uh, that uh, weather is going in. More, more internet, TV is still there. Uh, but we've been blessed at Channel 7 to, to have a, a good management group. And um, I've been at the station for 18 years, and Chuck has been there for 12 years. 12, 13 years, so uh, longevity doesn't always happen in television, but we're just so pleased to work in the, uh, in the area. Uh, obviously, the weather is a great, great deal, and, and to have been with Ken here from, from the start, and I, I've, I've known Ken for a long time, and uh, he never changes. He's a, he's a fantastic guy. He loves weather, and 
I mean, I, w I hope that all of you appreciate the, the work that he does to put this together. It's just such a, a pleasure to come down and talk to people and just get an idea of, you know, what's important weather-wise. And, and really, ask any questions you want to, and, uh, and if I can't answer them, you know, somebody will, I'm sure. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is C.T. Tonklin, and I'm the uh, morning meteorologist at Action 3 News, the CBS affiliate in, in Omaha. And I'm among a team of three. We're pretty small team, uh, Ryan McPike, our chief meteorologist, as well as uh, Liz Dorland, who actually, I believe, used to work at, uh, at KLKN just uh, not too long ago. And uh, we uh, were certainly, uh, it's, 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 it's wonderful to come here to the symposium. This is actually, I think, my sixth year. I think I started in the uh, spring of 2004. And it, it, I love coming here just because I, I get to see the, uh, all the people that uh, at least appreciate weather and, and who want to know more about weather and also have a chance to interact with a lot of my colleagues here. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the movie Anchorman. Um, there's a particular scene where the uh, stations kind of go out in a little back alley and, and just duke it out. Um, in real life, it actually does work like that. <laughs> just just wait until about 2.15 in the back parking lot. It's, it's going to get pretty ugly, so. No, um, no, but... but you know, what's interesting is even though all of us here on stage work for different media outlets, we all have the same goal. And it's, a, it's really the same goal as some of our operational partners over with the National Weather Service is simply just to protect people's lives and property by educating them. And, and all of us here have a very, very uh, important responsibility, especially during severe weather, by delivering timely and, and important information so people like you can make an informed decision whether or not to, to, to seek safety. So. So we certainly appreciate you being here today and, and enjoying the symposium. Of course, uh, hats off to, to Dr. Dewey for, for being such a wonderful facilitator um, to, to go off Kevin here and, and, and to, to organize all this and, and uh, just to make this a, a great event and also for free as well for, uh, for all the, the family members and for the general public. So thank you. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Tyson Pearsall, and uh, I'm in charge of the weather department at uh, KPTM Fox 42 up in Omaha. Uh, it's been about a uh, good nine years that I've actually been in Nebraska, three of which uh, were with Brad Anderson over at 1011, so a, a good three wonderful years in Lincoln, uh, and then made our way up to uh, uh, Omaha and also had uh, a wonderful time learning a lot from Bill as well. I uh, had that opportunity as well. Felt very lucky with that. Um, I, too, also want to thank Dr. Dewey for having us out. I think this is my about eighth year being out here, and uh, it's always a wonderful event. And what keeps this event going is, is folks like you coming out. So we, we also give you a big uh, big hand for having a, a, a wonderful enthusiasm with weather, and uh, this is also what keeps it going. So thank you for showing up. And one of these years, we're going to get a day where it's 75 degrees out and sunny and, and, and just beautiful. But like Dr. Dewey said, the tent is warm. It's, it, it's beautiful in there. And frankly, it's not rain, so we'll take that, which is nice. Um, I also want to introduce our, our weekend meteorologist. This is Andrew McCauley, who has uh, been with us uh, for about a year now. And uh, he's been a wonderful addition to uh, our weather team. We are actually a weather team of two. Uh, KPTM is a little bit different in the sense that from a newscast standpoint, we have one newscast. That's from 9 to 10. I want to say maybe 10 years ago, the, the station tried uh, a morning show for about a year and a half. And other than that, we've pretty much been a 9 to 10 newscast, and that's kind of always been the bread and butter of that station. Now, what does that mean from a severe weather standpoint? Well, we try to take that hour, and if severe weather is really uh, striking, we want to be the station that people turn to during that time period. Uh, other times of the evening, 
become something that we want to compete at the level of the other stations, and we certainly put the effort in there. Um, and we continually strive to do that. We put in a severe weather plan in uh, each year. We try to tweak different things that go wrong or work correctly from the year before. And the one thing that I can say that I'm proud of, uh, particularly with, with getting to know Andrew here over the past year, is he's been a wonderful part of putting in that great effort. And I think that's kind of the key word for a lot of these folks up here. Effort will tie into everybody up here. And I, I think that's why uh, a lot of these folks that sit around me are, all of these folks that sit around me are so respected. So uh, first of all, we thank you as viewers and weather enthusiasts. Uh, it's something that certainly keeps us going and we want to get the message out to you as well. Uh, one that's clear, one that's timely, but at the same time know that uh, the people that are doing it, all of us up here, uh, put a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of knowledge into it to make sure that you're safe. But there's also a great deal of appreciation from, from my standpoint towards these individuals. And I think I speak very well for Andrew, Andrew and I when we say we certainly appreciate you as well. So thank you. Good morning. How are we doing out there today? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Brad Anderson. I work at uh, 1011. I've been there about uh, 14 years. And uh, I was told that I was acting chief meteorologist today because Ken Chimmick is in Hawaii. So uh, I'll be the uh, <laughs> chief meteorologist today. That's right, he's checking the weather there in Hawaii. But uh, I also want to thank uh, Dr. Ken Dewey for having us out here today. I've been to every one that's been in Lincoln. I think this is my ninth one. We had one in Omaha, I didn't make that one, but uh, it's been an honor to have come to this uh, for the last uh, nine years here in the capital city. It's it's grown so much over the last nine years, and I think that uh, is certainly due to uh, uh, Ken Dewey's uh, work and passion about this Severe Weather Symposium. The first time I met uh, Ken Dewey was uh, I had to do a, a, a question, and I had to, was kind of a reporter at the time. I was working the weekend uh, weather shift, but I had to do a story, and I met him when he was telling me about his Oscar performance in the movie Twister. I don't know if you've ever heard that story, but... Uh, <laughs> Yes, but you know, he was actually a twister, so that's a, the first time I got to, uh, to meet uh, Ken, and it's been a great relationship ever since then. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Stephanie Ortman. She's been at the station since last October. She comes from Portland, but she's been at a few other places as well, and she just got to endure this wonderful uh, Nebraska winter that we just had. I'm sure she's been thrilled about that, and she's very excited about uh, uh, working with severe weather this year. She's very excited about uh, seeing some severe weather. She wants to do some chasing, so we're hoping to uh, get that taken care of for her. Uh, this is Brandon, Brandon Rector. Uh, he's been with the station for a little over two years now, and uh, he came uh, from Abilene. Lots of severe weather experience in Abilene, Texas as well, so he's been a big part of the severe weather team, and as I said, I've been here for uh, 14 years. And with um, uh, Ken Chimmick's experience, uh, he's been here I think almost 30 years. It, you know, I'm proud to say that we've got uh, 50 years of experience in dealing with uh, severe weather here in Nebraska. And, and as so many of, of us talked about, of course, the number one thing is to inform you of severe weather. It's our job to let you know uh, what the warning is, where it's going, who will be affected by that warning. So uh, I want to thank all the spotters, the spotters who take their cars, their vehicles out in the middle of the night and get pelted by hail. We want to thank you for, for doing that because, you know, you're the eye on the sky. You bring lots of information to the National Weather Service as well as to us at 1011 Weather Station. So that's certainly important. Of course, we want to thank uh, National Weather Service uh, employees as well if they're here for all the hard work they do in relaying the information to us so we can get the warnings out as well. So thanks for being here, and I uh, hope you have a good time today. Thank you.
Now, I don't know if each of you realize it or not, but you talked for longer than you probably have airtime to tell us all what's going on in the weather. What you don't realize is what little time they actually have to get all this information out to you, and they do a great job at it. It is my great pleasure now in inviting each of the weather teams here to give them some awards, and I'm going to do this at this time. I'm going to lay down the mic. Well, maybe I won't. Yeah, I will. this says it says the School of Natural Resources University of Nebraska Lincoln certificate of appreciation I'm presenting one to the weather team at Channel 8 as well as to Kevin Coskern I met Kevin Coskern when I actually walked into the studio and said you don't know me but I have a whole bunch of weather data that you might like to have he had a mixed emotion at that time he didn't know if I was a stalker or I actually was a very nice person he discovered very quickly that I have a passion for weather climate and weather data and since then he uses my website all the time and it's also with great pleasure that I give this certificate where it's presented to Kevin Coskren of KLKN TV as a partner in this endeavor that I started 10 years ago, the Central Plains Severe Weather Symposium where our mission, as it says at the bottom, with a sincere thanks for your partnership with us in educating the public about severe weather preparedness. And as you can see, what I've done here today is no one media outlet owns severe weather preparedness, severe weather warnings, severe weather information. This is why I have created as a facilitator, and I, that's a great word that you use, an opportunity to bring everybody together each year at my event. So on the occasion of the 10th anniversary, please join me in thanking the weather team from Channel 8 and Kevin Crosskin uh, especially. I'm almost speechless at that point. I'm gonna, it's going to be redundant, isn't it? But I didn't want to bring them all down at the same time. I wanted to recognize each of the teams individually. Although some of you I've only known for short periods of time, some of you longer periods of time. Again, I've known Bill for a long time and appreciate his friendship and his passion for weather as well, and especially their storm team and getting severe weather information out to you as a partner in our mission in the Central Plains Severe Weather Symposium, and I dare say also the Family Weather Fest, in getting severe weather information and preparedness to the public. So again, thank you very much for being part of our, our event year after year. I also have a plaque for you, and I don't know where it is, but we'll, we'll, we'll stay. No, it's not okay. I've known, I've known you for so long. <laughs> I feel bad about that, but um, if it's here, I'll, have, I'll just say never mind or whatever. This is live. We can't do a do-over. That's right. Okay. All right. Thank you again, everybody. Thank you, You're very welcome. Thank you very much for your commitment. And thank you. Which was really cool and he brought to the event. Um, CT has the same passion about weather. They all do or they wouldn't be on-air weather people, would they? Um, so CT also has a dedication to bringing severe weather preparedness to his public. I've done stories and reports uh, on your station, as I have with all of your stations, reporting on significant weather events that occurred here. So please, CT, take this cert uh, top one as a certificate of appreciation to you individually, and then for the weather team here, bring that back with you. 
both of these, again, a certificate of appreciation for the 10 years that we've had the weathercasters as a part of my weather symposium. I should also point out to you, this is, as you've alluded to, very unique. This is not done across the country, and many people who hear about this say, you're serious? Yeah, we're serious. And I think it's kind of neat to look up there on the stage and see you all together in one room, and then meeting all of you in a few minutes out in the tent um, at our big celebration tent. So again, CP, thank you very much. How are we going to juggle this? I want to at least shake your hand. Thank you. This is you've been around, but Tyson wouldn't say that. But anyway, again, both of you, thank you very much for being part of our mission to bring severe weather preparedness to the public. And I'd like to give you both uh, a certificate of appreciation, one for the station. I don't know you very well yet and long, um, and it might scare you away, but I hope not. Tyson, I've known for quite a few years, both here in Lincoln as well as up in Omaha. So Tyson, bring this back to the station. And again, thank you for your participation in our event year after year. Please keep coming back. And thank you very much. Thank you. And a station that I've had a long history. Um, I go all the way back to, if you, any of you old timers remember Linda Bierman uh, when she was there. And I'm up through Bruce Copland when he was there for decades. Met Ken Shimmick when he was the sports reporter at Channel 1011. He had to make a decision to be here or be in Hawaii. He said it was not a close decision was not a problem. He has been here before. I'm going to personally go out to the station and give him a plaque and thank him because he has been dedicated to weather as well. I've gone to the station to visit these people and I'll see students from the local community who love weather and they're in there and they're, they're meeting their weathercaster and their eyes are so big. By the way, the scouts upstairs, I should warn you about this, to get their weather observer badge today, one of the tests they can choose from is meet a real weather person. And it's already been happening up there. They've been, they've been running up to anybody and saying, are you a real weather person? So <laughs> expect these little kids running around here for a part of that. Again, I'm so pleased to know you and to have you be a part of the team that has brought severe weather awareness to the public consistently year after year. Please ignore our winter weather. Or we can give you all the statistics that it's not like this. <laughs> but let's give everybody, including you, a hello and a welcome, nice Nebraska welcome to you and thank you each of you thank you very much and thank you and I will give you your plaques thank you very much and Brad this one is for you and as it says with sincere thanks for your partnership with us in educating the public about severe weather preparedness Jeremy is about to take a picture thanks Jeremy and then you guys can take turns holding that bringing it back to the station <laughs> thank you all thank of you. you you're very, very welcome now, that was important to me. I, it might be embarrassing to all of them, but it was my only way other than we thought about giving you each a trip to Hawaii. And can you imagine the surprise of Ken Shimmick so they can be part of our recording? Thank you. It would be somebody in the back row. All right. I'm heading back there. And I'll make it. All right. Thank you for waiting. You this is Jack. I know that uh, Lincoln County had over five feet of snow this year. I'm wondering how this snowfall ranks for Lincoln and for Omaha as far as the top 10 or top 25. Yes, I believe that Lincoln, we have the 13th, 13th snowing, it's going to do that to me, the 13th snowiest uh, season on record. We got 41.6, uh, 41.6, 13th snowiest uh, winter season, which starts, you know, in October and goes all the way to 
whenever the last snow is. So it's not just for the winter. We still could get snow even through April, as we all know who live here. So, so far it's the 13th snowiest, and we'd like it to stay that way. Uh, we'd, someone from Omaha might have the numbers for Omaha. What did we decide? We said we think 14, 14. is the plate. We got 47.6 inches so far at Epley Airfield, which is funny because uh, Valley and West Omaha has had over 50, and if you took Valley's report, you'd be in the, certainly be in the top 10 about number six. But, you know, the, you got to go back to Ken's records of 1911-1912 uh, was 67.5 for Omaha. So you think this was a bad winter, and it was. You know, 20 more inches of snow that winter than this one. And 75 was it was a pretty snowy winter, 57 inches of snow. So we, we still need to have a big, big, big snowstorm here to get anywhere near uh, those records. It was in the top 10 coldest also for Omaha. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, that's true. That's probably the thing that, that made it, Andrew, the most, say, memorable winter was just the length of time snow was on the ground, uh, especially in Omaha. We had, uh, what was it, 80... More 80 days, I guess. 88, 89 for for one inch or more con continuous snow cover, and that uh, put it as a as a record. Actually, most of the the like one inch, two inch, uh, three inch, not four inches, but six inches, nine inches, and 12 inches, all records this year for the duration for that depth of snow. What I thought was really bizarre about it, though, was we we saw our last snow last year in April. <coughs> we saw our last snow in April last year, right? And we saw our first one in October. And so like a very short time span, the, the summer was also relatively cool too. And then we had an, a cool October, one of the, the coldest, I believe. It was the, the first coldest October on record. And uh, Omaha, you saw six inches of snow nearly in that, that storm in October, I believe. We only saw about an inch here in Lincoln, but uh, that was what was really bizarre to me. Um, and I, this doesn't really even go back to your question. I just thought I'd add, add that. I, I actually I have one more thing to add to that. Th this winter here in Lincoln has been so unbelievable. I spent about two weeks on the air not even doing forecasts. I was just talking about the winter, and people were like, you got to actually tell me what the weather's going to be like, because there were so many numbers, and you know, the, the, now it's the 13th snowiest. December was the snowiest December on record with 24-plus inches in Lincoln. We had two blizzards in a span of 10 days, and we're talking about full-fledged blizzards. I'm a snow enthusiast. That's what really gets me going is the snow, even more so than... Uh, say spring and summer severe weather. I love I love a good blizzard. I really do. I I still I really want to see. I'm serious. I, I really want to see a good one. You know, in, in the western part of the state where they don't have buildings and trees in the way so much. You know, there, there's more open areas out there. I know it's dangerous, and I don't I don't want to kid about that. But the fact that we had winds that were gusting close to 50 miles an hour with both of those blizzards in December. That's what I'm talking about. And. Uh, now we're going into spring. Uh, the forecast for April, we're, we're going to start off April with some very warm weather. Next week will be in the 70s, and then it should cool off after that, possibly even back into below normal readings into the middle of April. So we're going to enjoy very nice weather uh, next week in the 70s. See, I'm giving a forecast too. I can't help it. In a lot of the numbers, in a lot of the numbers we get, I, I, something that I don't know if we've thanked Ken for. I, I don't know that I. There are very many websites out there. So, with, with so much data, I mean, it's amazing what, what you've done with that website. Uh, the, the climate data that you've accumulated, it's amazing. And we have a link to Ken's and website on our webpage, too. And do you guys use Ken's website? I mean, I, you have I'm, for Omaha on there, too, Ken, or just Lincoln? Be 
because I go there every day. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it is the most amazing website yeah. for weather in Lincoln that you can find. I mean, everything it, you possibly want to know, Ken's website has it. Most meteorologists in, in other markets, anywhere else in the country, will go to the National Weather Service to get this data. We go to Ken's website, you know, which is, <laughs> which is unique. It really is. It's, yeah, give it a round of applause. It's accurate. He ups, he, you update it really relatively frequently, and for all that, for all that, I and all of us here, thank you for that. Okay, it's mostly a comment, but first, we, Little Sue, I, I observe the weather for the Weather Service at Little Sue, and we've had close to 68 inches for the year, and I'm one of the few people that enjoyed it, since I like to cross-country ski, but the cool. comment was, uh, I'm sure all the weathercasters have helped save lives unknowingly sometimes, and I had a specific example. Uh, Bill Ranby, uh, the day of the Little Sioux Scout Ranch tornado, said on his weathercast that the rotation was headed straight for weather watcher Jim Hurley's farm. <laughs> and that got our notice because I was uh, a little, we were, knew something was going to happen. It was so much lightning, I was a little afraid to go out and check. So I got in the car and I drove about a half a mile away. I saw the rotation. It looked uh, like a time-lapse photo. It was spinning around so fast. Took a few pictures, hurried back, called the Weather Service and Channel 7, told my wife to head to the basement, and I went to the front porch and <laughs> watched, the <laughs> watched the trees come down. And uh, WeatherWise magazine had an article about the Little Sioux tornado uh, just a couple of months ago, or this month, and, and it mentioned in there that the people at the Scout Ranch were getting concerned because the clouds were darkening and all this. And then they got a report from the Weather Service that rotation had been observed near Little Sioux, and then they started getting into some preparations. So if Bill Ranby had not <laughs> said that on the air, I probably wouldn't have gone out right then to watch. So and uh, Jim Perley's our, our the weather watcher you know, for the Weather Service, and we, we use a lot of the weather watchers on, on Channel 7. He's a particularly wonderful weather enthusiast, though, and he gives us lots of great information about Little Sioux. But He's in kind of a, a tough microclimate area there where he, he gets a lot of excessive uh, winter, say, snow. He's in, a, in an open area. And you, a lot of you folks that live in the country probably experience more severe conditions than, than many of us do that live in the cities. And there, there are big differences. But Jim is uh, a, a, a fun guy to talk to because he has so much knowledge and, and history with the area. So thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. Wondering if any of you would care to comment on uh, the tornado the weather channel caught in Goshen, Wyoming in June, how significant that was and how helpful has it been as far as uh, preparing to forecast severe weather and learning about severe weather? That was towards the end of the Vortex 2 project last summer. Yeah, Vortex 2. I, I don't know that much about it. Uh, Anybody? Let's get that on mic if we could. Yeah, Ken, you maybe could share. Do you know anything about the, the Vortex data that was coming out? Well, I was there that day, but they're asking you guys. Oh. Um, <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> I want to put you on there. But the, the Weather Channel had been following around for six weeks trying to catch live a tornado, <laughs> and at a great expense. The Vortex Project, it doesn't matter in many ways because they're studying why storms become tornadic and why they don't. And this coming season, perhaps, they'll get a lot of data. But we were there, uh, it was actually, they have what are called targets. And that day, the other target was down in south central Nebraska. But they didn't think the convection would rise fast enough and hard enough. So we stayed right in the panhandle of Nebraska, drifted just barely over into 
uh, Wyoming, and it was the most watched broadcast on the Weather Channel, which as an aside, they've really gotten away from the original mission of being weather, but um, because they do a lot of other broadcasting stories and stuff now. But uh, So they were live, and it was live on the Internet, live on TV, and the Vortex people were there. Also, the tornado intercept vehicle, the TIV with Sean Casey, was able to park it right underneath the tornado and have the tornado pass over the top of it for his IMAX uh, movie that'll be coming out in a couple of years, funded by several big movie companies. But um, you guys want to talk about well, why we do that kind of research and all well, that? Or basically, the, the, the data you get from Vortex, the data you get from any, anyone who's going out and who actually has a radar with yeah. them and is able to do the things that Vortex 2 was able to do, the, the data they get, the information they get, the things they learn, aren't going to be, aren't going to go into our forecast, aren't going to be re immediately realized the next severe weather season. A lot of that data, it's meant to go into new models. It's meant to go into new radar systems. It's made, meant to, for things like that, and that's further down the road. So what they learned, I'm not even sure. I mean, I, I don't even know how much data they had, and I, I'm not even sure if they've released it, but a lot of that goes into, you know, new models, am I right? New radars. Things yeah, like that. Actually, spe speaking of new radars, uh, they're still working at the Storm Prediction Center on an, a new radar that, as far as I know, I haven't heard any new information, but uh, it's called Phased Array. It, it's, a, it's a completely different kind of radar. The ones we use now, say at the National Weather Service, it looks like the volleyball that you see. It has a rotating satellite dish inside of it, and they can tilt it up, tilt it down, sweep it around. This thing's going to have a flat panel that will have several beams that go out from that surface area. And it's supposedly going to allow you to detect tornadoes sooner and more readily. And it just sounds amazing. And I think they're, they want to launch it sometime around 2020 to t some, somewhere in the 2020s, even though that sounds funny. But um, yeah, phased array. Uh, look for it in a, maybe an IMAX theater near you and soon. But hopefully, but that's going to obviously be a huge undertaking to replace all the current radars. Man, we're going to need a lot of, the government's going to need a lot of money to do that. Anybody got any money? I'm Joe from Lincoln, and my question is, what technological tool do you as, as TV uh, uh, weather personalities find will be or is now the most useful at getting the actual watches, warnings, and accurate data to the public? besides the, the regular broadcast, what technological tool do you see as either up and coming or is now starting to be available as being the most valuable? I, I, I think that one thing that I find very valuable, and, and we'll find out here if, if other folks agree, but in-house there's something that we use for the National Weather Service called the National Weather Service Chat. Uh, and what's nice about that it's something that, that relates all kind of information, whether it's a severe weather warning, a severe weather watch. It gives us an opportunity to talk amongst each other and uh, agree or disagree or share comments on what we see happening. It gives us a quick opportunity to see different severe uh, weather reports. Uh, particularly, I recall with uh, uh, the, little, uh, the Little Sioux Scout Ranch scenario, uh, across chat is, is where all of us just at about the same time had found out exactly how devastating that particular event was as part of a severe weather report. Um, the chat is something that's basically just, just a, an open chat form where spotters, the National Weather Service, emergency managers, uh, TV media can all uh, basically see the exact same thing taking place at the same time. We can all interact with each other. 
So what that does is it really gives us an open window amongst several different groups who all have their eye on the sky. And uh, it gives us a great opportunity to fuel more information in behind that warning. So it's one thing to go ahead and go on air or run a crawl saying this particular county is under a, uh, a warning, whether it's a tornado warning or a severe thunderstorm warning. But having that, that chat opportunity is wonderful because it fuels in a lot more information. Um, and, and really, it's, just, it's, it's a great window from many different agencies, whether it's a media outlet, whether it's the National Weather Service, to share exactly what's taking place. And I really feel, especially with our particular station, uh, with, with being a two-man team, we really rely significantly on that chat. And it's almost just like having another individual tied into many different areas. And that's information that directly comes to us. And then we're able to share that. Uh, now, that may not necessarily be shared right away within, with, a, with a, a severe weather cut-in. Um, it may even become newsworthy. That, that, that's the aspect that's great about, about the chat. Um, and it's something that we've been using uh, a, a good two or three years and is very, very, very helpful. Would anybody else like to comment on I that? Or? I'm Greg Carbon from the Storm Prediction Center, and I've got one, one other piece of, uh, of uh, interesting um, uh, tools that, that I think have revolutionized meteorology. And, uh, and you know, it seems like every few decades something comes along, and if you look back at the history of meteorology, certainly uh, computer modeling early on and forecasting weather, then the discovery that actually weather is unforecastable beyond a certain point in time. Uh, by, uh, by uh, Edward Lorentz, an MIT meteorologist in the 60s. Satellite imagery revolutionized uh, our ability to look at what was going on with uh, the atmosphere. Radar was amazing, and especially Doppler radar in the 80s. I think, the, and it's arguable, but one of the most revolutionary things I've seen occur in operational meteorology in the last 25 years now is the use of ensemble forecasts to, uh, to develop our forecasts over the next few days. And an ensemble essentially is just a, a set of models. And now we have computer capability to run a large number of model simulations and see the results. And I think we're seeing the results in very accurate forecasts now, a couple days out. Um, you've just met Greg Carbon, and I invited him here. We, uh, our meteorology society every year brings him up to our a meeting that we have in Omaha. And he talks about the top 10 weather events of the previous year. I just thought it would really be great to have Greg here. And when a little bit, when we take our break and we have our lunch out there and we have uh, the celebration cake and all that, we're going to come back in here. And Greg will be the next speaker. And I'm really excited about it because he's going to talk about the top 10 weather events of the last decade. So make sure that we come back for that. I believe you had a question here. Let me hand this over to you. Um. Well, this maybe Mr. Carbon's from Oklahoma, so he's going to know about this. But uh, I grew up in Oklahoma and central Oklahoma and still have family there. And I've been pretty amazed when I've been there during a severe weather outbreak that the uh, TV stations storm chase in helicopters. And it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so I just wonder if there's any possibility of that ever happening here in Nebraska. <laughs> and. Uh, Part B of the question, if you had the money, would you do it? <laughs> um, I was going to say, I don't know if anyone else has an answer, but nobody in Omaha has a helicopter, right? I, I came from the Portland market, and basically every station had a helicopter. It got to the point, helicopters are very expensive to operate, to the point where big markets such as Denver, stations are coming together and using one helicopter for two or even three stations. So I think because our markets are a little smaller, yes, severe weather is still bigger here than it is in bigger cities, um, I think it's mainly cost issue. 
I think everyone would agree on that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, they have great coverage. Yeah. I remember watching actually live one tornado. I think it was actually last year from Oklahoma. So if you guys head in a helicopter, would you want to do that? <laughs> I'm a little terrified of helicopters, <laughs> but um, it'd be a cool. Huh, I'm sorry. Oh no. We, we want to be on giving the information about, about the storms, especially the, the really bad ones. And uh, we, we really have to worry about what's, what's on, you know, what's on. Is it the, is it the season finale of Lost? I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I'm not kidding about that. Um, is Lost a comedy? No, but I know, it, yeah, seriously, it is, it is funny, but it's sad. But the, the, and the good thing, I think, is this, the fact that I've been working in this business for now 12 years, and over that time, when I first started at a, sm a smaller market, La Crosse, Wisconsin, and this is amazing to even think of now, uh, and there were you know, many counties that we covered, also at Channel 8, I've only worked at Channel 8, it's two of them, and anytime there was a severe weather outbreak, we would have to have someone sitting in front of a computer typing in, literally typing in the war each warning, and then they would scroll. You'd see typos and stuff. Now, the fact that it's all automatic with these really unbelievable uh, automatically plotting severe weather graphic systems that we all have, every station up here has got one, and many of us have the same one, and they, they all pretty much do the same thing. And the fact that we're very lucky, we, you, that, that we have that because, because of the fact that it'll colorize the county as red automatically. You know that's a tornado warning, and it'll even give you a little picture of your county with a little radar display that loops, I mean, that's amazing. And I, I love having that. I mean, when I first saw the Omaha stations get that a few years ago, I'm like, we have to get that. And now we have it, 1011 has it, everybody's got it. And it, you guys are gonna benefit from it because when we can't break in and have our face be up there talking about it, our graphic systems pretty much can do almost everything we can. And you know, so it's really amazing that we've, we've got this. And I think it's, it's actually probably gonna get even better at some point, uh, but right now I, I think it's great. And we, we just, just, just know, and you can tell your friends too, because people here probably don't care if we break in to your favorite show usually, or even a sporting event. Uh, you know, it's taboo if you break in, God forbid. We've even had this discussion at our station during a Husker football game. What if there was a tornado warning? I'm not going to tell you what they told me, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to, I'll tell you off the record at the, when we're eating a hamburger. But <laughs> if there are bodies flying, you go on the air. <laughs> no. But yes, it, it's, it's a constant struggle because we have you know, there are two things we do. We, we give you the programming you want to watch and we try to keep you safe as well with severe weather coverage. So it's a, it's a constant battle, but uh, I, I think we're all fortunate we live in a time where the the computer technology age is just keeps keeps going. Bill, Kevin, we were actually in the unfortunate position. We had a tornado warning for Omaha Metro during the Nebraska USC game a few years ago. We had to split the screen. We tried to run two channels of audio, one with the game and one with the with our audio, and told people to turn right or left volume. But was it in Omaha with the tornado? 
tornado warning was for Metro, Sarpy County. It was not. It was not a popular uh, night. Fortunately, it didn't last very long, and uh, you know, it was it fairly early. It was at a point of the game that wasn't critical, but it was. Uh, it was a nightmare from our standpoint. You had a question down there, sir. Shout it out. And that's a huge deal for us now too. You know, stations are tasked with having to to have an HD signal that's out there along with the regular analog channel, and then also be conscious of what is in safe title of the screen for people that are still watching four by three versus watching uh, a sixteen by nine picture. There's uh, a lot going on where there's no additional revenue to the TV station to <laughs> have this HD, but it's a huge expense for all these TV stations too. So you know, expense is a a major factor for TV stations. So only so much money the station has to spend on things. On um, storm forecast days, when they uh, announce that there will be an emergency manager's teleconference uh, at such and such time, are you guys included in that teleconference? And could you kind of tell us what information you get at that time? I, I know, for, for instance, whenever uh, a teleconference, particularly with the uh, National Weather Service and including emergency managers, I'll always get an email sent to to my my Weather 42 account and then also my personal KPTM account, and, and that's how I become aware of it. So, um, anybody else? I was just going to say, it's, it's pretty, um, it's not mission-critical information that's generally passed along, and, and what winds up happening on there, you'll have 50 counties around, and everybody will say, well, What's it look like for Atchison County, Missouri? And then somebody else will say, well, what about Gage County, Nebraska? And everybody has their own individual concern, but from our TV station standpoint, I'll listen in, but I, I generally don't have a lot of comment on those because they're, they are pretty basic. The internet chat that Tyson was talking about, that it's not a real a public deal, but it's, it's valuable for us because we can specifically communicate with the National Weather Service, either if we think something is important for them to know or vice versa, if we have a question of them uh, or Greg, sometimes, you know, we'll tell them, you know, well, what's SPC going to do about this watch or, you know, have some back and forth there. So uh, that's a really valuable tool. And uh, the, the overall, like, initial information is good to get us, you know, kind of in, in the severe weather mode. But it's, it's not, I guess, uh, something I would pin my, my forecast on that, it, oh, I, I really did well because of that conference call. Ditto. Um, in this age of um, i-reporting and you're getting uh, pictures from the public that you're putting on TV, uh, it's really changed the way weather is seen and done. And I was wondering what you felt is the next step for the general public and its involvement in, in um, either before severe weather hits or after weather hits. What do you think the next step is for the general public in terms of its involvement in, in creating the story? and, and, and and uh, assisting with safety? Well, I, I, I'd like to address that. I, I think uh, we're sitting on the verge of, of a new, I don't, I don't want to say revolution, but uh, there are a lot of so social networking sites such as Twitter and, and Facebook, and uh, I know a lot of us have still yet to fully utilize that. Uh, and and I, I can theoretically see somebody out in the field, you know, grabbing their, their Crackberry, taking a picture of a wall cloud, and, and posting it to, to to Twitter and, and sharing that information, which we as, as, as broadcast meteorologists could forward that on to the National Weather Service. At least it's documented in that way. So 
for me, nat naturally, I think that's the next step here. Um, but I, I think the, the, the challenge is a lot of people uh, aren't familiar with, with a lot of social networking sites. They don't understand how Twitter works or Facebook. or And then there's a, there's a, a lot of new networking sites that are based on those those two sites alone. So I think that's a, that's, that's a challenge. But I think right now, I think that's the direction that I can see as far as communication, real time, things like that uh, over the next couple of years. Last, last year, a guy, uh, uh, a weather enthusiast locally, I believe, he, uh, he videos uh, storms all the time, I guess which I didn't know at the time that he, he sent a, I, I, he either dropped it by or emailed a, a movie file to the, to the newsroom and Rod brought it back to me and said, hey, we've got this great video of this, uh, this wall cloud uh, northwest of Beatrice. And I, I said, oh, well, I'll take a look at it. I was really busy at the time. I want to preface that by saying that. So I'm like, okay, I'll take a look at it. Great. So I looked at it and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I remember the storm happened a half hour ago and it, it it really weakened considerably once it moved into that position where it is. It, I don't even know if that's still even a wall cloud. I'm not sure. So I actually called, uh, I think I called Reynolds Davis, and I, I was trying to ask him, hey, uh, you know, can I send you this, this video? Can you look at this? And can you tell me what, what your, your spotters were seeing out there? He's like, yeah, we had guys right out there, and they told me blah, 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 that it, not much was happening. It looked like it was really weak. There the light winds and all this stuff. I'm like, okay. so. I went on and I showed the video on the air, and then I said uh, "wall cloud?" question mark or something, and I said, ah, it's, de "It's been determined this this may not have been a wall cloud." Is that guy here today by any chance? Because he probably wants to kick my you know what. Because he got so mad at me, he emailed me like a three-page letter. I'm not kidding you, telling me that I'm unqualified to work at this business. He thought that the colleges and universities I attended were useless and they shouldn't give out degrees anymore. And I want to tell you that University of Wisconsin-Madison is a good, really good school. And I, and I, did, it, I, I did look into it. I, you know, I, I called the guys that were out there storm spotting. I, I talked to the, the chief storm spotter himself and went from my own, what, I, what I've learned too. And the guy, he said he's never going to watch again. He's never going to send any more videos. He told me he had 30 years experience, which I didn't know at the time. If I'd known he was so experienced, I probably would have just gone with it. But I thought it was just some guy. So yeah, now Brad, he's your problem now. But if you're here, you know, I'm, I still apologize. But it's still a point of contention whether or not that was a wall club. Bum, bum, bum. Bill, going back to the, the split screen thing with the, uh, the brass game and the tornado warning, how come you guys are unable to do that more often when there's like games on or just regular TV shows or the news or something like that? Uh, it took a lot to, uh, we actually, pl sorry, we planned ahead on that to n just in case, because we, you know, earlier in the day it was like, well, there, there could be severe weather for this. So uh, they had to set up a special, um, uh, in the graphics department, uh, this split screen, and they, we'd never used it actually, so that we, that's why one of the reasons we had problem with the audio on it, but going forward, uh, we would do that, but um, you got to realize, I mean, that was like September 19th, there was that you're not looking to have a tornado outbreak, and, and actually at the time, I was really skeptical, I said, you know, I, it was 9 o'clock at night, it was, the sun had just set, and it had this conversation with the weather service, said, well, you know, this is a favorable time of the night. Sometimes you'll get some lowering from these things, but it was a, it was a borderline wall cloud, and they went with the tornado warning for it. So, 
I guess I didn't have a, a strong feeling that there was going to be a tornado to begin with, and that's a whole other deal. Sometimes we're in a bad position where we may not agree with the National Weather Service about something, and now more and more we're seeing pictures and things from the field, but yet we do want to work as a team with the National Weather Service, so we try to uh, go back and forth a bit. Um, in the case of just planning ahead to, to have that kind of event. But uh, Kevin's right. I mean, Lost ends this year. Well, that's in springtime, and we very well might have some severe weather in a time when there are some fanatical people watching a show. You know, it may not be the number one show. May, you know, American Idol is something you guys probably have to deal with on Fox. What's your policy? If, there's a, if there is something going on during American Idol, what can you do? Uh, there's not much to do. <laughs> Just leave, leave the building and never come back again. <laughs> um, you know, basically what we do during something like a 24 or an American Idol, uh, obviously if there's, particularly from a tornadic standpoint, we do cut in. And what we will do is we get the message across. We, we don't rush the message. We just, uh, we prepare very well that day to make sure that we're getting the message across in a clear and quick manner. Um, and then we make sure that we notify our viewers that we will get you back to programming right away. One thing that we do struggle with, uh, first of all, uh, KPTM and KXVO are sister stations. We run uh, on cable 10 and 11 in, in Omaha. And I, I, don't, I honestly don't know if this is the case with, with channel 7 and channel 6 and, uh, and channel 3, but one thing that we struggle with being a Fox affiliate, anything that's prime with Fox, whether it's uh, sports or whether it's, uh, let's say, NASCAR racing or it's, it's 24 or idle, uh, anything HD, we can't take control over the signal. So although we're capable to key our weather systems in HD, uh, whenever we take local control of that from the Fox standpoint, you will always see the bars enter back into the picture. And I think that's one thing that we run into a lot of problems with. A lot of people now more and more having HD television want to see their programming in HD, and that's kind of just another curveball thrown at the weather guys. Um, but one thing, another curve that's kind of added to us from the Fox standpoint, whenever we take local control, even though we have that capability to display our information in HD on Fox, we can do it fine on the WB. Um, we don't have that restriction, but that makes it even tougher. So not only are you cutting in during an aisle or a 24, but then if you do have warnings up and you're running your crawl system, uh, even with the HD capability, we're kind of restricted from that standpoint and we have to cut that HD programming down and that even adds more of a problem in the mix. So that's kind of one of our concerns and uh, I just am always very, very happy when that finale of Idol finally hits. Chuck had one good thing to point out about um, Stations now, a lot of times, will have a digital weather channel or some other feed. With uh, multicasting, we, there are multiple channels, such as we have 7.1, which is our regular channel, and also 7.2, which is our KTV Weather Now. It's a 24-hour weather channel. We have, we're partnered with AccuWeather. They handle a lot of the national big stories, and then we put the local content in there as well. One of the abilities with that now would be in the event, if there was a, a, a game, we could conceivably have a crawl for lost or for whatever, and then also notifying everybody to turn over for more expanded coverage on 7.2. So that's one of the new options with the multicasting coming up. I just have a quick thank you for all of you up here for your late night work when there are warnings. Uh, it's a very scary time, of course, when you can't see anything. And that's how I came to Channel 8, watching Kevin during the Hallam tornado, five hours straight, well into the night. You, you lost your voice quite nearly yep, so I need water yeah that's <laughs> yes you did Alum, so. it's an unforgettable situation you know, the widest tornado on record two and a half miles wide yeah that that was 
that, that was a late night, but we've had later nights than that. That was like four hours of continuous coverage. Um, <laughs> it was a Saturday too, which didn't make me very happy because I don't usually work Saturdays. But, um, but yeah, that, that was a crazy night. Staying late at night, I mean, that's probably one of the most important things we do is 2 a.m. And we get a lot of really good calls and emails about stuff that we say, especially for the outlying areas, not even just Lincoln or the bigger cities like Beatrice, but of Philly or something like that. Um, crab Orchard, hey, I was watching you and you told me about my town and I was really happy because it was late at night and I'm s I was scared because it was dark and you, you can't see him coming at night. And that's, that's, when, it, that's when it's really important is that those late night severe weather events uh, will be there. It's also easier to cut in because we, our programming after midnight is terrible. So I'm just going to, I'm going to stay on there as long as I want. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we, we go off the air. That's what I'm talking about. When we're off the air. The, just before we leave, I've got one question that I want to ask the audience, actually. This is a great opportunity for us to uh, learn something from you. Um, could I ask you, is there, is there any way that you feel like we could improve our severe weather coverage? Not just the HD, um, but I is there anyone in the audience who can list one really good way, something that we could do differently to improve our severe weather coverage, all of us? Make the letters a little bigger. Okay. All right. So that comment was needing to know the direction that the winds are coming from. Well, yeah, and then where it's going. Makes sense. Yeah. Down here. Sometimes that happens because the, the weather department needs to kind of regroup. You know, so they, they'll go to the news area where they talk about a couple of things happening at this building or this street, and then we kind of get all of our warnings and stuff all squared away, what's been canceled, what's still going. Then they come back. So kind of it's a, it's a group effort sometimes because of that, um, you know, you, you kind of got to gather yourself. That sometimes that's why it happens. We don't like it here. <laughs> now, it may be disappointing to you that no fights broke out on this stage. <laughs> However, for me, this the first time I tried this, I think it was quite successful. Please thank them. Thank you, thank you.